Zoraim Tov, we continue in the Sefer Sha'orim Batfila. We now start the next chapter. And the next form of prayer is called Kriya. Kriya. Kuf Reish Yud Alef Hey. As a Pasuk we mentioned already before in Tehillim Yud Ches. But Sarli, when I was in great suffering, Ekra Hashem. I, I call to Hashem. I call Hashem. Kriya is a tefillah where a person calls Hashem from a clear, from the power of a clear recognition that Hashem is listening to him. And therefore, since it's clear that the mitos of Hashem is to listen to our prayers, and it's in his power to grant our request. What's this like? Let's say you call a friend when you know he's close and he hears your call. Now, even though by nature a person may scream out in pain even if nobody's there, that's what we said is na'aka, just screaming out in pain. That's not kriya. Kriya is when your main direction of the call is targeted to a specific person who will hear what you are calling. And you're calling him to create this connection to ask from him or to tell him something specific. You're calling him over. He's there and you're calling him over. And this really is the fundamental point of prayer in general and all service of Hashem. The simple comprehension that Hashem is with us in a real way, no less than we notice a rock is in front of us, a plant is in front of us, an animal is in front of us, a person is in front of us, so Hashem is just as true, if not more true. And there it's obviously clear that we could speak and call Hashem. He hears us in a simple way more than we can ever understand. And the more the person goes with this simplistic idea, he's more and more of a Jew. And more and more of a mensch and more and more a servant of Hashem. As the rabbis say, when a rabbi was asked to give the students a blessing, he says that the fear of heaven should be upon you like the fear of a mere mortal. And, and they said, really? He says, halavai, halavai, you should fear Hashem like you fear a person. People don't fear Hashem that much. Yes, sir. So these 12 forms of prayers, are they in a sequence like that? No, it's not a, necessarily a sequence. I think it's, this should be first. Okay. First you it, call and then... Well, there, there are different okay. concepts over here. Okay. And it's interesting what, why the order of the tzaddik is this. Okay. Um, I can't really tell you. Okay, thank you. And the Mesilis Yesharm talks about this. The Mesil Sharm says that there are three things that a person has to uh, reflect on well to be able to reach a level of Yerushalayim, fear of heaven. And the first one is to realize he is standing mamish before Hashem and he is giving and taking with him even though your eyes don't see anybody. And of course, that's the hardest thing to do, to project in your mind a, a true, some idea of a reality of Hashem, even though your senses don't help you with this. 
But if you have a proper intellect with a little bit of ability to reflect and taking the heart, you can establish the truth of this concept, how the person is mamish dealing back and forth with Hashem. And you're pleading before Hashem when you're making requests. And Hashem is listening and hearing very carefully what you're saying, what everybody's saying. And you're your friend who listens, etc., etc. So this is a challenge. And the more that a person lives with this simplistic idea and you sense that Hashem is with you, your tefillah is purer and clearer. Your avoda is with more truth and you merit divine assistance in everything you do. That's point number one. The second section really is telling us the real purpose of Kriya. And we're going to call it the purpose of Kriya, calling Hashem, is to create the connection. Which we'll see why. Even though Kriya does not really have the request, you call somebody over, then you make the request. But the fact of the matter is that the calling is to create uh, a reality that the second person should answer and be prepared to pay attention to what you're asking for. Okay. And therefore, the Kriya itself, even though it's coming before the request, there has to be some essence of the request in the calling for the goal that you want, and that's why you're calling him, which we'll explain this idea in a minute. Okay, and that's why, interestingly, when you call somebody, you usually call him by his name. Hey, Moshe. You usually don't say, hey, you. Hey, Moshe. Why do we need to have the name when you're calling somebody? Well, obviously, the simple answer is because the guy won't even know you're talking to him if you don't say his name. But the name you're going to call him, we'll see in a minute really is already telling us what you're going to ask from the person. Because we know that a name really defines the essence of something. And when God said to the angels about first man, he says his wisdom is greater than yours because he knows how to give all the animals names. And it's not just random names, but he understood the essence of what an animal is is projected in his name. So when you call someone by name, you're calling him because you want to speak to him about something that he is very much connected to in the ability to help you over there, what you're calling him for. If you need a certain benefit, went to that person specifically and you call him his name because this name is an expression of his nature and powers which he carries with him that you want him to use in order to answer your request. Now we're going to find that a little bit difficult to understand this because when you call a guy Avram or Moshe or David, those are names of patriarchs and people beforehand. Now, of course, there's a spiritual connection between the name of the person, but it's very concealed. We don't really understand it. Only Hashem understands this. But here's a proper analogy. What does a child call his father? Abba. Abba. Why? Because he's an Abba. What do you call your Rebbe? Your Rabbi. Rebbe. Because he's his Rebbe that answers his questions. That's the name also. 
And when you call your father, you understand what your father's capable of doing. You ask your rabbi, you understand what he's capable of doing. So when you call HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it's because it's clear that Hashem is close to you and can answer your prayers. And when you call out in his name, the name of Rachamim, Yud Kevav Kei, the way we pronounce this, Adol and Noi, that means we're referring to God as the God of mercy. Hashem, Hashem, Kel Rachum That Hashem in our relationship with us, we know that he's the merciful one. And that's the name we call him. And therefore, the Kriya, the way we call Hashem, is really the power of prayer. The Shalom brings down a very famous statement. We've shared it in the past. Why is it that Jewish people pray and they don't get answers? Because they don't know to pray to God's name. And we talked about that's Rosh Chodesh, what's the permutation of Yud Kevavke, etc., etc. But on the simplest level, and he brings a Pasuk in Tehillim, it says, Hashem says, I will keep him safe. About a Jew. He knows my name, he calls me a name when I answer him. It, it comes out that when you call Hashem, that's a good reason for, for Hashem to answer. Let's give a couple examples of this. A poor person needs <coughs> some charity. And he calls somebody, Adoni Ha'ashir, my, my, my master the rich man. Oh, Adoni Tovlev, my master of good heart. When you're already calling him, you're already asking for something. You're a rich man and you can help me. You're a compassionate man, you can help me. Okay? And that's how we call Hashem. Hashem, we're calling you in your name because we know what you're capable of doing. So let's give a good example. He's very good at the examples where Pink is here. Here's a good example of calling out. You're going out at night, late, it's dark. You have a lot of money. And all of a sudden comes a miscreant with a gun says stick him up your money or your life and at that moment he happens to notice a police car and he screams out hello hello police now there's a lot of other cars driving by and if he just screams out help that could be that could be directed to anybody that's like Shava, Tsaka. But with such a clarity, when you're calling out, he chose a specific one to call out specifically. Police! That's the name that evokes a person who's going to come and help you. Because they always do Hatzalah. That's his specialty. Okay? Right? And when you call out the police, how much. Joy and trust lies in that calling out because you see someone exactly here who's near you who can help you. Say, police! Come here and help me and do what you normally do. So now, for sure, let's say by Moshe Rabbeinu, after the sin of the golden calf, it says, Vayavor Hashem al Hashem passed before Moshe. And Moshe called out, Hashem, Hashem, Kel Rachel, 
What was going on exactly at that time? At that time, Moshe was very much afraid. He was the one who brought the Jews to Sinai. They heard the Ten Commandments. He's going up to the mountain. Moshe now has fame and fortune, Torah, the eternity of Jewish people, the purpose of the world. It's all being realized. So much has happened. And now, with the city golden calf, it can all be lost. You understand what kind of terrible sorrow the Jews are in? She says, I'm going to wipe them all out. So it says, Vayavor Hashem ponov. Hashem passed before Moshe, Vayikro. And what did he call? Hashem. Hello, hello, Hashem. One of ultimate chesed, who has unlimited power, unlimited rachamim, how much you care, unlimited. And that's, that's we understand, that was the call. And therefore, each and every one of us, when we call out in our prayers to Hashem, especially in difficult times, when Hashem is passing, you, don't, you think Hashem's just sleeping, like, like Joe Biden doesn't get up till 10 o'clock, and he's on a beach in somewhere in Vermont. Hashem is very, very close to us now. And when we say Hashem, what does that mean? What power lies in that word? And let's take the muscle of policeman a little further. What if the policeman's there, same situation, and what if even more? It's not that he just happened to be there. You already hired a security. You hired police to protect you. Okay, let's say, you know, before the holidays, you're hiring a policeman, not a security guard, a policeman with a gun. You know, we never know what's going to happen nowadays. And they got a rifle and they're right next to you. And now a burglar comes and you're screaming out, policeman, save me. So that's the same thing when we say Elokai, my God, with everything that it means, my God, I'm calling out to you. What kind of simcha should it be? And what do we say at the end of the Amidah? Elokai, nitzor l'shoni meira, guard my tongue from evil. It's like you're calling the police. Elokai, Elokai, Elokim is the God of power. It's like a policeman. Judgment. We know. Washing horror is as bad as the three bad sins. And if I open up my mouth with Washing horror, I've committed worse than all three sins put together. And what happens when that happens? I'm going to lose everything. All the blessings are going to be gone. So we scream out, God, come, help me. Guard my tongue from speaking evil. I'm about to slip, I'm about to fall. You, you hire a lifeguard and you're drowning in the ocean. You're calling out, my God, help me. If we only understood what we're saying when we're dominating. That just saying Elokai, that's the call. So to really appreciate this, now we get into a bit of a 
lengthy discussion, but it's so appropriate for what we're going through. This is mamish was so good that we're planning on learning this book after Yontif, and that was before we knew that anything was going on over here. We've got to explain a little bit more of the idea of trust in Hashem, bitachon in Hashem, because it always has to be understood in the context of prayer. And the Rishonim explained that the main idea of bitachon is one of the attributes of Hashem, which means when a person trusts in Hashem, that will cause him to be saved from all sorrows. This is a bunch of psukim that tell us this. Uh, you know, they give a marshal from the Medrash that somebody, a robber's coming to, to grab him and punish him. He says, I'm close to the king. And they bring him to the king and the king says, are you close to me? He says, yeah, I put my trust in you. Oh, since you put my tr- you trust in me, I will help you. This is the point. This is the rule to always know. That when you have the tochen in Hashem, that is the reason why Hashem should worry about you and save you, even though you're not worthy based on past performance. And that's what the Vilna Gaon says on the Pasuk in Tehillim. V'haboteach Hashem, and one who trusts in Hashem, Chesed Yisovavenu, Hashem surrounds him in kindness. Says the Vilna Gaon, even a Russia who trusts in Hashem, kindness will surround him. An unrepentant Russia, kindness will surround him. Why? The fact that he relies and trusts in Hashem, that's the reason he is going to be taken care of. And that's a fundamental of the Torah, that through Pitochon you bring out the will of Hashem to help you even though past performance does not warrant that to happen. And the Briskarov says this Yisod, and he says this Mita, that a person who trusts Hashem is saved from his sorrows. You can only say this. Here's the important caveat. Only say, say this when you recognize the height of the, the danger and how in danger you are in. And still in all, you trust in Hashem that He can save you, then it's worthy to call Hashem and say you are a boteach Hashem. Because you have complete trust that Hashem can save you. But if you don't really appreciate the danger that you're in and you're not afraid, and you're more. Uh, so we don't call that a boteach b'ashem. Why? Because if you're not afraid and you trust and, you, and, and your heart is trusting uh, it, and you're so sure everything is going to be going good, it's because you don't realize how bad things are. It's not like you're trusting in Hashem. That's not bitochem. Okay, things are bad, but not, not to worry so much. Hashem will help. Yeah, but do you realize how bad things are? So, uh, I'm not that worried. One second. So then Hashem doesn't have to save you. But when you really know how bad this is, and you know Hashem in His mercy can save you, and you're so sure He will do this, then it's called about Teach Hashem, and then Hashem will really serve you. But if you really don't think it's that bad, 
Hashem will help me. It's not that bad. Because if it was really bad, I don't know if Hashem could help me. But if you realize it's really bad, it's really bad. And I could die. This is like really bad. And I got, and I still trust Hashem. That's called real bitachon. It's easy to have bitachon if it's not that bad. <laughs> if it's really bad. And you got to realize that when you're in trouble, things are really bad. Yeah. That's the question. Is it true that if you worry, then you're showing Hashem you don't have bitachon? And it's kind of a catch-22. No, there's like worrying that. and trust. There's two different things. You can say the situation is very bad on the ground. And without Hashem's help, I'm going to be wiped out. But I put my trust in Hashem. And therefore, we'll see what you should worry about. But you don't have to worry about Hashem's ability to help you. Right. You, you have to worry about other things, which we'll talk about. You have to about. worry about the situation, otherwise you're not going to be calling out to Hashem. No, no, no. <laughs> you, you, you do think... That, what does worrying mean? Recognizing that sometimes it's recognized as a bad situation that you don't want to happen. <laughs> yeah, but if it's not going to happen, if Hashem is there, why are you worrying? That's my comment. Is it kind of, is a catch-22 is the nature You're walking life. down a dark alley of yeah. Jane and Finch, but Ooh, next worry. to you is the world heavyweight wrestling champion. Less worried. <laughs> who has nunchucks in his hands and also a Kalishnikov rifle. You ain't worried. Why not? You're in a dangerous neighborhood. So what? So if they come, the guy blasts their head off. You know the situation. We're in a dangerous neighborhood. And if I wasn't with the guy, I'd be in big trouble. But that is nothing to worry about. And that's what he brings again. The Rizkarov, Allah Lamaisa. He says there's many times where they were in trouble and and he would arouse to the people to not forget how much in trouble they are. Don't minimize the danger we're in. Because these people, when they're running away from the Nazis, these people really will kill us. But that fear, I mean the fear, the fear of seeing the situation, the realization of the how terribly difficult the situation is, that's the, the foundation of the salvation. When a person recognizes how terrible the situation is, it's a scary situation, but he still trusts in Hashem. That's called a moteach, Hashem. And that is the salvation. But if a person doesn't really think it's a big danger, and he's pretty tranquil, that's not coming from the bitachon. He just doesn't realize how bad it is. And therefore the salvation is far away in coming. Okay, and he also heard this from other great uh, Rabbanim in this area. So it comes out like this, he says, that to the degree that the danger is even greater, you have to recognize more HaKadosh Baruch Hu and more Bitochan in him. So if, for example, an enemy comes before you, you're an Israeli soldier, and you're in the Gaza, and you're seeing the enemies, how are you supposed to look at that enemy? You got to recognize that Hashem can help you and overcome this fellow and have trust in Hashem. Okay? But what if a whole infantry, you're caught in an ambush and there's an infantry against you? Okay? Now, the recognition 
of Hashem's, it's not enough to recognize, yeah, Hashem can help me beat up one Palestinian. He has to recognize Hashem can do miracles and give the few in the hands of the many. And to trust that truly, and that's the greatest understanding to have, and that's a very great amount of bitachon, and it's a little bit harder level of bitachon to reach. Okay, you can say, yeah, okay, they'll really come, but you know, I, I can out you. Hashem will help me. That's, that's not You gotta realize, no, no, no. This is like really bad. As one of the great Gidolim said, the one thing we learned about this Yom Kippur massacre is that we never really appreciate how much danger we were in. The Goyim hate us. They always want to kill us. But you know what? The power of Shabbos, the power of mitzvahs, the power of Shalom, Hashem did miracles for us. Then you forget about Hashem's doing miracles for you. I'm going to show what would normally happen. This would normally happen. And then Hashem says, okay, now I'll help you. Just so you can remember how much I'm helping you. It's an unfortunate lesson that we have to learn. Because if you always seem to succeed, yeah, the army will take care of it. Really? Okay, let's show you what it doesn't take care of. And they still don't know why they weren't able to figure things out for so long. But no, this is what I've been saving for you all the time. And that's calling out to Hashem. And therefore, now we have to explain. So when the Gemara says, yes, there's bitachot even for a Russia, and not just for a tzaddik, but there's a big difference between the bitachon that a tzaddik has to have in the Russia. The tzaddik has a lower level, has to have, needs a lower level of bitachon to be saved than a Russia. Because the tzaddik doesn't have a veros. So since he's a tzaddik and he's close to Hashem, of course Hashem should help him. And he has to be talking, Hashem will help him. But the Russia, if he will just say, well, Hashem's next to me and Hashem will help me. That's not enough. Because you're in a bigger danger than the tzaddik because you do tons of Averos. Do you realize a tzaddik's walking down uh, Jane and Finch and a Russia's walking down Jane and Finch. The tzaddik says, you know what, I'm close to Hashem. It's a dangerous situation, but Hashem is going to help me. That's all the Vidokhan you need. The Russia says, you know what? I've been a rotten Jew, and I don't know. Hashem really shouldn't help me, but I trust that he'll even help me, the Russia. So he needs more Vidokhan. Then Hashem will have even more mercy for him. Right? Look at another example. A tzaddik who believes in Hashem, that Hashem will send his parnasa. All he has to know is Hashem has mercy in all his creatures and gives everyone what to eat. And he'll give me what to eat too. I don't know from where, but he'll give me what to eat. But the Russia, the fact that he, he recognizes Hashem supports all people, okay, and he thinks Hashem will help him, he's not going to get any parnasa because that's not talking because the Yisoda Bitochen is if Hashem is helping all people, so he's living like everybody else, he should get his... Parnosa from Hashem, but no, he's a Russia. He doesn't deserve to get anything. A horse deserves to get because he doesn't have arrows. We come to a greater understanding that Hashem really is the master of Chesed, even for wicked people. 
and therefore I trust my Hashem even though I'm so wicked and I and I'm Hashem has to do a tremendous amount but I have Bitochen Hashem will do it and can do it so then he's called the Boteach Hashem but if he doesn't realize his great wickedness and he says Hashem will just save me like he saves wicked people that's not enough Bitochen he has to realize I'm really terrible and to think all the chasadim that Hashem does endless and Hashem does this with even people who do the worst sins and I have confidence in Hashem's will to help me that comes out he will be, he will be helped so the worse you are the more bitachon you need. That's what comes out. And now this explains a very crazy thing. We know Manasseh, the terrible King Manasseh, who did all the terrible things in the world, was the worst king ever. And he got captured by cannibals. And he was going to be dinner. He's praying to every idol. They don't answer. He said, I remember as a kid, my grandfather told me there's a God in this world. Okay, I'll try that God. And if he helps me, I'll believe in him. And if not, I won't. Oh, what a chutzpah. What a chutzpah. The angels never said, don't accept his prayer. A chutzpah. Hashem says, I have to. Because if I don't, that's going to close the door of tshuva to others. So what was, what was the... Uh, obviously, that... Uh, what was... What was Menashe's criticism? Hashem doesn't answer my tefillos. You know better than anybody else. What do you mean? You know why you know better my Because you're a rotten bum. And therefore it makes sense he should not be answered. And if he answers him, well, what does that prove? And he says like this. If Hashem does not accept my tshuva, then there's something so powerful that even Hashem can't. If I'm that wicked and Hashem doesn't save me, it means He can't save me. He's not that powerful. But if I'm that wicked and I'm so wicked that really nobody's, I don't deserve being saved. But I'm, I'm showing trust in you that you could save me. Show me that you could save me. That is real Kriya. That was really calling out. He's calling Hashem by name. And Hashem, if you are what you claim to be, so merciful, that even though I don't deserve it, show me how merciful, then I'll see that you're different than any other gods. Hashem says, I can't lock the door of Balei Tshuva. Because there is a place of mercy for the wicked. Now, Obviously, Hashem will decide when or not. He's hoping that maybe we'll get a little tshuva later on. But he, but he really is saying, you know, just like you know that, that comic strip where the Ganif is going in your house to steal and he's kissing the mezuzah. He's saying, I know, Hashem, you could help me. Okay. Well, I don't know if Hashem will help him under that circumstance, but if he's getting punished for something, he says, Hashem, I know you could help me. Now, it wouldn't hurt to maybe regret a little bit. But you have to realize, you need more help than the next guy. 
And you have to recognize that Hashem can do more help to the next guy. Because your mercy is endless. And I'm relying on your endless mercy. Okay, we'll have to stop it over here. We'll continue tomorrow morning in the year session. Thank you.